Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Really, Duncan had it. They turned it over. alley back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Hello and welcome to the Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Headkey, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Headkey NBA. And this podcast is always a part of the Wolf Among Wolves podcast network on wolfamongwolves.com. So the Timberwolves just uh, got dismantled by the Atlanta Hawks in a soul-crushing uh, fashion. Basically, we're not in the game for the majority of it. And it was a super frustrating loss from top to bottom. Um, but I wasn't going to record a podcast. Well, I was, and then with how the game went, I wasn't going to. But I decided I do have... A couple things I want to talk about so I decided it is time to sit down and actually record this so uh first off let's just start out with the good um from tonight's game okay now that that's done let's move on to the rest of the game um and I'm serious there there wasn't much good uh Malik Beasley okay Malik Beasley looked okay tonight he looked fine um he shot the ball pretty well he was seven for 11 um but he only played 25 minutes because they were just getting throttled the entire game that was cool um any other good this game culver went two for two from the free throw line that was cool um that's that's pretty much it and i'm not gonna lie guys uh it it wasn't good um the timberwolves looked really bad tonight there was no effort from top to bottom um they just came out flat they actually came out okay like they were in it for majority of the first quarter they were within striking distance but it didn't seem like they were playing well it just felt like the hawks were playing poorly and they were and then second quarter on out the timberwolves were getting you know pretty pretty well manhandled there and it's kind of frustrating because not only is this team lacking talent they're also lacking the effort to even try to win a basketball game and that that's the most frustrating part because this Timberwolves team does have a little bit of talent to where they shouldn't be getting blown out like this. You know, losing a close game to the Hawks who are at full health tonight, that's not the end of the world. What is the end of the world is when you come out so flat that you have absolutely no chance. No chance. And the, the Timberwolves really had no chance tonight with the way that they were playing. D'Angelo Russell had one of his least inspired games of the entire season tonight. He ended the game with nine points, four assists two rebounds, and two turnovers in 21 minutes. And he was a negative 11, minus 11. It just wasn't good for him offensively. Defensively was really bad after showing some encouraging performances. Um, You know, the last handful of games, he's actually looked pretty solid defensively to his standards, which is 
which is which was encouraging but tonight it just wasn't there whatsoever um and then you know I talked about Malik Beasley he looked okay but he didn't um get up as many shots as he normally would uh Nas Reed looked fine offensively and actually he looked okay all around he was a minus or yeah minus one tonight 13 points eight rebounds two assists so that's fine but huh it's just this loss is so it just kind of is a culmination of this entire Timberwolves season where the Timberwolves are absolutely lost without Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. They are completely and utterly confused. They have no idea what to do because Cat's not out there and this offense is really simple and it doesn't run actions for a lot of people outside of Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns has played in four games. The rest of the team has played in 14 games for the most part. Um, and they haven't shown any ability to try to get a win without Cat. The only win they had was um, against the Spurs, who were really, they were missing DeMar, DeMar DeRozan. So what what does that boil down to is it is it on the players is it on the coaching staff is it on the front office um and to be completely honest with you it's on all of them um mostly on the players and the coaches because these coaches aren't getting enough out of these players these players aren't playing up to their capability in these losses and that's very evident and i'm not saying i expect this team to go out and be a 50%, you know, win 50% of their games when Carl Anthony Towns is playing isn't playing or even win 40% of their games, but to win a game, just to win a game, close out that game on Wednesday. You know, be in this game today and they they simply just weren't. Um and that that's just such a struggle for this team and it's been a struggle for this team all season long and it sucks that this team has had to play without Carl Anthony Towns for a majority of their season. Now, we don't know exactly when Carl Anthony Towns is going to be back. Carl Anthony Towns is in isolation due to health and safety protocols uh, because he tested positive for COVID. So he is out. The league protocol is 10 to 14 days, and it's according to a diff, like a variety of different um, scenarios and things that it's not super clear how long each person specifically is going to be out. Michael Porter Jr. was out for like three weeks. With COVID, he has just came back, I think, tonight. So we don't know exactly when Carl Anthony Towns will be back. We don't know if Cat has symptoms and he's not feeling well. We don't know if Cat is asymptomatic. We have no idea. Um, but if it is 14 days, that would mean that the end of his isolation would come, I believe, on the 28th, which would be next Thursday, um, six days from the recording of this. And if it's 10 days, it would be the 24th, which would be... Um, which would be Sunday, right before the Timberwolves play um, on Monday in Golden State. But either way, Cat's going to be out at least one more game, probably around like three more games. Um, and are the Wolves going to fall to you know three and fourteen? How do you dig yourselves out of a three and fourteen hole? Like, what can you do there? I don't know how the Timberwolves can survive that. And I'm not saying that the season is completely lost and they'll never win a game if they hit 3 and 14. That's not not at all what I'm saying, but why does Carl Anthony Towns want to come back to this team when he knows that the only chance they have to win is with him out there? 
you know, why does he want to play for a team that is very uninspired all the time? It just it doesn't make any sense um, why this team is playing so poorly. And a lot of that comes down to Ryan Saunders. Not only is Saunders considered a player's coach, um, which he hasn't lived up to the expectation, because when you think about it, what's a player's coach supposed to be? He's supposed to be a guy who gets the most out of his players, and the players respect him, and he just gets them to play hard. He might not have the best systems, he might not run the best rotations, but he gets the most out of his players. Ryan Saunders doesn't get the most out of his players so far. He does not run a good system so far, and he does not uh, have good rotations. He uh, lacks in all of those departments. So not only is he not a players coach, he's also not a system coach at the moment. And yeah, the players probably like Ryan Saunders. Ryan Saunders, from my understanding, I've never had an encounter with him in person, but from my understanding from people around the league that know Ryan Saunders, when you talk about like Dane Moore just had a podcast the other day about Ryan Saunders and how good of a guy he is. That, you know, like, yes, they probably really like Ryan Saunders as a person. But as a coach, do the players think he's running the best system for him? Do the players think that he is, you know, running actions for the people he needs to be running actions for? And I would, I'd be hard pressed to think they do. Like they definitely, they definitely don't uh, think that he is. Um, but in the same fact, those guys stick up for Ryan Saunders every single time they get asked about him. Every time. And Carl Anthony Towns is one of the most vocal for sticking up for coach. And Carl Anthony Towns, is the, he's a franchise player. So how do you justify firing uh, Ryan Saunders right now when Carl Anthony Towns has barely gotten to play for him this year? And when they when he's played, they've looked mostly good. They have looked mostly good when Carl Anthony Towns has played. They won two games. They barely lost against San Antonio, and then they had that debacle against the Grizzlies. But Carl Anthony Towns has been, you know, advocating for Ryan Saunders all year, and Town and Saunders obviously has developed a system alongside Pablo Prigioni and David Vanterpool that benefits Cat really well. The system is designed for Carl Anthony, Town- Carl Anthony Towns to thrive both offensively and now they've set up a system that Towns seems capable of running defensively as well uh, with his newfound, um, I don't know the exact word to say, but his newfound dedication to playing defense. Um, and the game just comes easier to everybody when Carl Anthony Towns is on the floor. Jared Culver, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell... Malik Beasley, Josh Akogi, those guys all look better when Ricky Rubio, they all look better when Carl Anthony Towns is on the floor next to them. That's a big thing. But it shouldn't be so big that the Wolves lose by 20 or 30 to teams that should not be beating them by 20 or 30. Granted, the Hawks were, you know, the Hawks fully healthy compared to the Timberwolves without Cat. They are a better team. But the Hawks didn't necessarily play well tonight. They look good in stretches, but they also look bad in stretches. So I wouldn't say the Hawks really came out and, you know, were the way better team executing tonight. They were, but they weren't good. The Timberwolves were just way worse. And, and that's that's where the problem lies. So 
how does Saunders optimize these players and get them to play, you know, competent basketball when Carl Anthony Towns isn't on the floor? I'm not sure what what they can do. I'm not sure how he can figure that out. Uh, but but one good good place to start would be to run some rotations that benefit the players on on the team. The second lineup that was in, maybe it wasn't the second lineup. I don't remember entirely what the lineup was that was in in the second quarter, but it severely lacked, and I mean this with all due respect, severely lacked spacing. There was no spacing on that floor. I'm going to go out and find the specific lineup that I'm talking about here. Uh, So the lineup was... Ricky Rubio, Jarrett Culver, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, and Ed Davis. That group ran in the second quarter. And then it then they swapped out Ricky Rubio for Jordan McLaughlin for a minute. Um, and then they brought D'Lo back in with that group and brought in Nas Reed. But basically, little to no spacing. Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, those are the only guys with somewhat competent three-point shots, but Anthony Edwards' percentage is bad this year. Ricky Rubio hasn't been shooting well, and Jaden McDaniels has small sample size. He can spread the floor. I'll, I'll give him that. Jaden McDaniels can spread the floor. But Nas Reed, Jarek Culver, pretty much essentially non-shooters. Edwards and Rubio not shooting it well this season. Um, and and that, that group ran for almost four minutes together. They were a minus four. Um, they only scored... A few points, I think, but they held the Hawks to only a few points scored as well, which is which is okay. You can run some defensive lineup sometime, but you you want to have some offensive punch. And Anthony Edwards being realistically your only real offensive threat when he's been playing poorly lately is not a good use of your rotation and your guys um, to play. The Timberwolves easily could have put Malik Beasley in there. Malik Beasley sat from the two-minute mark, essentially, in the... In the first, he didn't come back in the game until the one-minute mark in the second. So he basically sat that entire second quarter. When the Timberwolves desperately needed offense, there Malik Beasley sat rotting on the bench. When he was one of the only Wolves that was playing solid basketball. That's an indictment on Ryan Saunders' rotation. Saunders elected to go with Jarrett Culver for those minutes. Straight. Anthony Edwards in those minutes, straight, without bringing in Malik Beasley. I don't know how that's justifiable. For a team struggling with offense, the offense has been the the offense has actually been the bigger struggle than the defense this, lately this season. How do you not put in your best offensive threat tonight when you are desperate for offense? It it just doesn't make any sense. Now, with that being said, with me going off on a somewhat mini tangent about the poor decisions Ryan Saunders has made, Ryan Saunders' complete and utter, you know, you know, ability to even get the most out of his players when he's considered considered a players coach, I'd be remiss to not to not bring up my point in defending Ryan Saunders, and you guys are gonna hate to hear this, um, but I've been saying it pretty much all season. We cannot fire Ryan Saunders right now. It's it's a non-starter. And here's why. 
And, and and you you're okay. This is just my opinion. I don't want to I don't want to come off acting like I'm smarter than everybody else because that's definitely not true. Um, but in my opinion, here's why I don't personally think that the Timberwolves would it it wouldn't be in the Timberwolves' best interest to fire fire Ryan Saunders right now. But but again, before you know, before I move on, I don't want to sound like. I'm the smartest person here, and I don't want people to assume that I think you're you're dumb for wanting. I totally understand that side of it. I'm just trying to be objective here and give my piece about it. First, as I mentioned earlier, Ryan Saunders is loved by, I assume, the roster, but for sure, Carl Anthony Towns. The most important, as we've seen from all these past games, he's the most important person in this organization. That's That's part one. Um, part two is that Ryan Saunders has not had a fully healthy roster pretty much for his tenure as a coach. He, he had it some last year with a really bad roster. You know, at the beginning of the year, it was a really bad roster and the Timberwolves actually looked fine. They were 10 and 10 at one point, right? With a roster way worse than a fully healthy roster that the Timberwolves have right now. They were 10 and 10. Okay, now, Timberwolves have a more talented roster, but it's been injured all year. Two key players missed a lot of time, Josh Kogi and Carl Anthony Towns. So, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, what we've seen from Saunders with a fully healthy Timberwolves team has been encouraging. They've looked good except for except for that Memphis game, and Cat isn't even fully healthy in, in that game and the Spurs game. Um, so with that being said, you know, that that's some impressive play, and obviously Ryan Saunders has something to do with Carl Anthony Towns playing the way he's playing. If we're going to give credit to, to Ryan Saunders, or maybe credit's not the right word, but you're going to put it on Saunders for the team not playing well without Cat, you better give some of the credit to Cat's improvements on the defensive end to Ryan Saunders you you can't you cannot be hypocritical and say them playing bad is on Saunders them playing good isn't on Saunders it's either they they both are they both are they both partially are and they both partially aren't it can't be one or the other so the other point I wanted to make about just firing Ryan Saunders right now what happens what happens when, okay, say the Timberwolves go through it. Gerson Rosa says, you know, Ryan, like, you've been bad. Um, you know, we're, we're going to go in a different direction, which, you know, is, like I said, is would be justified. I, underst- I understand the want to fire Ryan Saunders because the team hasn't looked good, and a lot of it's on him. Um, so let's say that Rosas, you know, agrees with whoever whoever has that, that way of thinking, um, and, and he gets rid of Ryan, and he promotes David Vanterpool. Um, so David Vanterpool inherits this broken Timberwolves roster that's not playing well, and they are still losing games. Now people are going to be calling for Vanterpool's head. Vanterpool sucks. We need a new coach. Get him out of here. He's not good, right? So what's what's the what's the use of that? Bringing Vanterpool in and setting him up for failure. What is the use for that? I don't see one. I don't see how you can justify bringing in somebody to this bad situation. 
like th there's not much to work with here. But then say Cat comes back, and then the Timberwolves are still losing games with Vanterpool. Then do you want Ryan back because Ryan won some games with a fully healthy team? Or say they continue to win games, or they start to win games when Cat comes back. All of a sudden, you know, Vanterpool's this great coach, right? But but maybe that would have happened with Saunders back too. We don't know. And that's why I think with this fully effed up, screwed up, you know, roster that the Timberwolves have right now, firing the coach isn't going to make any sense, in my opinion. I, I, okay, I shouldn't say any sense. I, it makes a little sense to do it. But I don't think it's the best move. Because, just because of all those things I just said, you're, inher you're just giving David Vanderbilt such a broken and beaten down roster, and you're like, hey, fix this. Fix this huge mess we made. And if you don't do it, then everybody's going to want you fired too. That's not appealing to him. That's not appealing to me. And it shouldn't be appealing to anyone else. Now, say the Timberwolves get fully healthy. Say they are fully healthy. Carl Anthony Towns is playing really well, but they're still losing games. Ryan Saunders is still not getting the most out of everybody else on the roster. That is when I'm okay with you going out and just getting rid of Ryan Saunders. If if there's a fully healthy roster, which is a, it's a pretty talented roster with Cat. I'm not going to lie about that. And I think it's a decently talented roster without Cat. I think the players just have to be maximized. But say they're still losing games with Cat, fully healthy, then it's time for Ryan to go. That That is when you can bring in somebody else, like a David Vanterpool or an outside coach, whoever whoever might be available. Then you can bring them in and say, you know, this is a fully healthy team. What do you have? Because Ryan Saunders didn't have it. But at this point in time, Ryan Saunders hasn't had a full healthy roster. We can't make that judgment on him. I don't want to hear about wins and losses with Ryan Saunders until he has a fully healthy roster. That is a non-argument to me. If you want to make that argument, fine. Make it to whoever you want. But please do not make it to me because I I personally don't want to hear it because... I, I don't want to talk about winning percentage for a coach that, even over the other years that he's coached, I don't want to hear about winning percentage for a team that has had broken roster construction, injured players, and just a whole big mess. I do not want to hear anything about it. So that's why I don't think you can go ahead and just fire Ryan Saunders and just hope that Vanderpool does better would Vanterpool do better I don't know maybe maybe not his defense hasn't looked that great this year he's dealing with a broken roster there too why does he get the benefit of the doubt and Ryan doesn't I get it Ryan's making the bigger decisions he's making the rotation decisions um but to the same point you know like Vanterpool's in those players ears he's not getting the most out of those guys Pablo Prigioni's not getting the most out of those guys it's not all on Ryan Saunders. It's on Ryan Saunders. It's on Pablo Prigioni. It's on David Vanterpool. It's on Gerson Rosas. It is on Robbie Sika. It's on the players. It is on me. It is on you. It is on whoever. But it's not just a one-person deal. The rotations have been bad. He's trying to figure it out. He's got a bunch of guys that he has no idea who they are as NBA players. 
Nas Reed, second year. Josh Akogi, third year. You know, Jared Culver, second year. Edwards is a rookie. Rubio's back. McLaughlin's a two-way guy. Ed Davis is here, who can't shoot. Now you're putting him in a system that, you know, is made for spacing at the center. Essentially, you have Reed and and Towns at the center, and now you have Ed Davis playing playing backup center minutes, and he can't shoot the ball. You got people that emerge like Vanderbilt and McDaniels that he's giving minutes to. That, you know what? Tom Thibodeau wouldn't be giving minutes to those guys. Maybe Vanter, maybe Vanderbilt, maybe. But he's not, he's not giving minutes to McDaniels. Edwards is sitting on the bench, that's for sure. I'm not saying Saunders is running the right things for Edwards, but he's got him out there. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The team's broken without Cat. The coaching's bad without Cat. The effort level is bad without town. It's just all pretty bad. And I and I I don't know what the answer is. The answer is to bring Cap back, um, but we don't know when that's going to happen. Um, but other than that, no no idea. But I don't think that firing firing Saunders is the move. If you guys do, okay, I respect that. You know, I can understand why. I'm not oblivious to why why Timberwolves fans want town or want Saunders fired. I I understand it. But I personally am not on board with it right now. And and I'll put this out there too. I think Ryan Saunders gets fired at some point. Some point in the next few years, Ryan Saunders will get fired or not brought back as the coach of this team and and the Timberwolves will move into a new direction cuz he's probably not a championship coach. But for right now, what you're what you got to do is you got to keep your star player happy. You know, if if Towns comes back and he's like, "Yeah, we got to get Ryan out of here." Do it. Yeah. Do it. But right now you keep him happy. You let Saunders run with a fully healthy system, fully healthy team. You know, set this team up, have have an identity on both sides of the floor. And then if things aren't working out, then then you cut ties. But right now I I'm not I'm not for cutting ties with Ryan Saunders. But with that being said, we're back at it. You guys are probably listening to this. If you're somehow so dedicated to the Timberwolves that you're listening to my podcast at like midnight after this game, thanks. I, I appreciate it. You guys, I, I do appreciate everybody that listens to this, this uh, podcast. I don't want it. This episode's really, you know, dark and dreary. I don't want it to sound like like I'm coming after anyone, you know. Uh, I was probably a little aggressive throughout this podcast, but the the point is I'm just not on board with the Fire Saunders thing right now, and I don't think he's a great coach. I don't necessarily think he's even a good coach right now. But he, I, I made the argument the whole podcast. He needs to have a fully healthy roster, in my opinion. Um, but that being said, again, thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, but as I was saying, we're back at it Saturday. That's probably the day you're listening to this podcast. Um, we're going up against the, the New Orleans Pelicans, who I will put this out there. I'm going to look it up quick just to make sure, but I'm pretty sure the Pelicans fans are, um, pretty mad with how they've been playing lately. The Pelicans are currently 12th in the Western Conference. They are... Five and nine, so they're two games better than the Timberwolves. Zion's coming to town, seven p.m. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be rough. I don't know who's guarding Zion. Sounds like the perfect recipe for the Pelicans to have a resurgence, to be honest with you. But they have a bad defense. If the offense can get going tomorrow, that's the Timberwolves' chance to win. They got to try hard. The effort's got to be there, and the right decisions have to be made from the coach. But that's it for me tonight. Um, probably shouldn't have recorded a podcast. I didn't have a lot of thoughts. Just wanted to kind of go over that that Ryan Saunders topic that's seemingly swirling around the Wolves this entire season. But yeah, thank you guys so much for or for listening. Uh, it does it does mean a lot. I appreciate each and every one of you that listens. Um, it, it's truly amazed me at how much um, positive response I've gotten to this podcast when. You know, I just started it, you know, less than a year ago, really. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. But, um, you know, brighter days are ahead when Towns comes back. We don't know exactly when that's going to be. We hope that he's healthy. Um, but brighter days will be ahead. I can assure you of that. Can't get worse than this. Thank you guys again for listening. I'm Brendan. This has been my podcast. Peace out. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.